Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today.
Today's Thursday, August 15, 2019. I'm Roland Martin. This is Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The Jay-Z NFL controversy continues. Social media is on fire. He continues to be criticized for cutting a deal with the NFL while the NFL continues to whiteball Colin Kaepernick. We'll talk with Eton Thomas, former NBA baller, who thinks Jay-Z made a big mistake in cutting this deal with the NBA. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu uh, just took on the squad by banning Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib as well as Ilhan Omar from coming into Israel. He was urged by Donald Trump. This has ticked off Democrats all across the country. Two former prosecutors, law licenses in St. Louis have been suspended for covering up a police beating of a handcuffed suspect. We'll have the details for you. And in Louisiana, formerly incarcerated people have their voting rights restored, but will they actually vote? Speaking of Louisiana, DeRay McKesson, uh, a court rule, he does not have any First Amendment rights to protect him from a lawsuit filed by cops saying that he was the reason they were attacking Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He'll join us right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Also, leaked documents show the FBI targeted post-Ferguson black identity extremists over white supremacists. Hmm. And a crazy-ass white woman pulls a gun on four black kids going door-to-door for a school fundraiser. It's time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. If the NFL thought cutting a deal with Jay-Z to co-produce their halftime show as well as be involved in social justice issues was going to somehow end the controversy surrounding Colin Kaepernick, they are sadly mistaken. One day after publicly announcing this deal, Jay-Z has come under withering criticism from a number of people by cutting the deal with the NFL, even as they continue to white balls, white ball, that's right, Colin Kaepernick. Why do we say white ball? Because that's what's happened to Colin Kaepernick by the NFL owners, and so we're not going to use the term black ball. Podcast host Benjamin Dixon says Jay really could have just made his money partnering with NFL without becoming their foil against Kaepernick in the kneeling protest. But now he's going to be a monument for the NFL to say, why are you protesting? Jay-Z said it's time to move on. NFL baller Eric Reed, a former teammate of Colin Kaepernick, tweeted, Jay-Z doesn't need the NFL's help to address social injustices. It was a money move for him and his music business. The NFL gets to hide behind his black face to try to cover up blackballing Colin. Mmm. Also, many other people have been weighing in as well. Colin Kaepernick also tweeted out, and he is thankful for the support of Eric Reed by standing with him as well. And on the same day of that Jay-Z Roger Goodell news conference, he also tweeted that it was a, it's been three years 
since he took a stand and he is still without work. One of the folks who also was critical of Jay-Z is Eton Thomas, former NBA uh, ball player who joins us right now uh, on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Eton, welcome back to the show. So you, you make it perfectly clear that um, you think Jay-Z made a mistake here. Uh, yesterday, we had Jamel Hill on the show. She said the NFL got exactly what they wanted, a cultural icon to stand with on social justice issues in order for them to say, see, it's all good. It's time for us to move on. Yeah, and, and that's the tough part. That's the tough pill that a lot of people can, you know, having difficulty swallowing right now. Um, and, they, and they've seen this before. So remember when the Brooklyn Nets uh, were, were building their Barclays Center and they used Jay-Z um, as kind of like the prop to kind of pacify everybody, to say, you know, well, you know, don't worry about the fact that we're going to take your homes and gentrify the neighborhood because Jay-Z is part of this. So it's all going to be great for, for everybody involved. And it kind of seems like this is what's happening. It would have been great if Roger Goodell and Jay-Z and during their press conference would have laid out some particulars of what they were going to do. You know, specifically, like if they were going to go and each each um, team was going to have representatives in each city, that the NFL city, and they were going to go and try to implement different things in, in the police departments to try to change, whether it be body cameras or something to hold their accountable, something specific. But, you know, they just said, well, you know, we have Jay-Z with us, so you, you should be happy. And that's, that's, just, that's just not enough. So that's why you're seeing all of the criticism today. Uh, Etan, I think your point is 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 you nailed it uh, because that that has been the issue that I've had for 48 hours. Even when Rock Nation reached out to me, I, uh, of course, Mark Thompson was there at yesterday's gathering uh, representing Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, they recorded the Q and A part, and that's the deal. I still don't know what the social justice part is. Okay, what I heard, I heard lots of details on the entertainment side, right? soundtracks and videos and halftime, but I did not hear specifically what this social justice work is. Jay-Z was quoted as saying, oh, here's an opportunity to, to help millions. Yeah, but I didn't hear what that help is. Right, all we heard was live entertainment strategists. I think that's what they, they termed it, and that kind of sounds like he's gonna be in charge of the Super Bowl halftime show. You know, so I'm like, how is that a step in the right direction towards social justice? And, and that's, that's, that's the issue, and that's the problem. And, you know, in some of his statements that have, you know, come out, you know, he said, well, it, it's, it's time for us to move past kneeling. And, you know, and that's where Eric Reed tweeted, and he said, well, the two aren't mutually exclusive. You know what I mean? So, so, so if you could, and I, this is what I asked, you know, what if the NFL would have had Kaepernick or at least offered a position to Kaepernick for him to be able to connect with the, the social injustice piece. Now, would that have been perceived differently? You know, I mean, but for, but for Jay-Z to, you know, kind of allow himself to be used in this way, you know, you're going to get a lot of a, a strong reaction, and that's what's happening. Again, when I, when I, when I heard that comment, and, I, and I, not only did I hear it, mm -hmm. then I read it, I said, well, it's time to move beyond Neely. First of all, uh, I agree with Jay-Z in that, it's time for action. But what's the action? I didn't hear the action. And the reality is, we also cannot still ignore the white balling of Colin Kaepernick. Of so yes, Eric Reed, who is kneeled, is back in the league, but let's also be clear, he was white balled for a period of time. 
um, uh, Kenny Stills is still in the NFL. But Colin Kaepernick was the one who started all of this. Right. Colin Kaepernick is the one where the teams are saying, nah, he is not going to be it. And I contend, and I don't care what anybody says, because he plays the most high-profile position in the NFL, which is quarterback, that that uh, has a lot to do with it. You cannot convince me. When I look at some of the sorry players who are in the league playing quarterback who are in camps right now, as somehow he doesn't have the talent to play. And so the NFL can't keep trying to play this, this nonsensical game. And that's also where I think people are also angry with Jay-Z by saying, bruh, you could have said, I'll be happy to do a deal with you the moment one of your team signs him. Until they do, we won't let up. I, I definitely agree, and I want to just go back to the, the point that if, you know, if they would have laid out specifics, it would have been different. It's kind of like, you know, how we're looking at politics right now. So say some, somebody like, you know, I'll just take one person, like Kamala Harris. Right? So say that she says that she wants to do all this stuff for criminal justice reform and the prison, you know, school-to-prison pipeline, all these different things. But we look at your history, we don't see anything that has ever even resembled you doing anything towards, towards criminal justice. And so you're not giving us any specifics, but you're going to get a celebrity person to kind of co-sign you and say, listen, you all support me because this person is, is supporting me. That's kind of what the NFL did. And it's, it's like it's kind of insulting. It's like, okay, we want to know exactly what you're doing. Don't, don't tell us that he's going to be, you know, over the, the entertainment and think that's just going to be okay with us. And people love Jay-Z. You know, we all, everybody loves Jay-Z. Everybody appreciate. They've seen the, the maturation process. They see the, 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 the maturing in his lyrics. You know what I mean? But then you have that, that part where he says, you know, I don't, I don't know how much... Um, you know, influence one person can have. I think that was one of the quotes that he said. And that's the part that I got to take issue with Jay-Z on because you're, you know, you're in the position where you can say anything and people will follow. You know, we can quote different lyrics where he said, you know, skills be shown, I'd be lyrically Talib Kweli. He said, truth be told, I want to rhyme like common sense, but I did 10 million and I ain't been rhyming like common sense. So that tells me that it's all about the money for you, Jay-Z. You know what I mean? And that's the part that's disappointing because everything in your lyrics have said you're all about the money. You're all about the paper. You know what I mean? If you ain't talking about large uh, amounts, what's the point? All those different things you say, and now you're kind of living that out with your actions. Uh, I want to bring in my pound, Dr. Greg Carr, Chair, Department of Afro-American Studies, Howard University. Joseph Williams, Senior Editor, U.S. News & World Report. Erica Savage-Wilson, host of Savage Politics Podcast. Uh, Greg Carr, I want to start with you. Um, it's very interesting when you, I'm sorry, my apologies, my apologies. Uh, Greg is, Greg is not there yet. Let me, so let me start with, um, uh, Erica, Erica, it is, it's very interesting when, again, you, you, you look at this and, and how the NFL somehow thought, Hmm, okay. Now we go ahead and, uh, do this deal with Jay-Z. Everything goes away. This thing is not going away. And, and I still contend that I believe, and I've sent him a text, he hasn't responded, now it's time for Colin Kaepernick to also speak out, not just on Instagram, not just on Twitter, because, there, because the, the Q rating show, African Americans hold Colin Kaepernick in high esteem compared to other groups, the numbers don't lie, we saw what happened with Nike as well, and so this thing is not going away until the NFL says two things until a team either signs him or the NFL stops playing games and saying Colin Kaepernick will never play for NFL team again, this is always going to be on the radar. 
Sure, and the only way that those two things will happen is by force of the people. Um, I remember reading um, $40 million Slave by William C. Roden uh, probably about eight years ago, and by that time I stopped watching the NFL just for own um, personal reasons. But in that book, one of the pieces that I really just want to um, bring out, extrapolate rather, is that black people largely are looked at as a source of entertainment. So for me, it was not a stretch to see that the NFL, um, Goodell, that they thought it would be um, uh, strategic to reach out to Jay-Z in order to bring over the large swath of black Americans that may still be protesting the NFL. So um, for me, I think that this um, a, a part of the onus then goes back to the public, the audience to say now, if you have continued to boycott the NFL, if you do continue to stand up for black and brown women and men that are being shot down by police officers, by law enforcement, then what are you actually prepared to do so that when an organization such as the NFL comes back and they're really, really needing you, what are you going to say that, no, this is what will happen, um, that we will um, think about entertaining again, meaning watching the NFL games again and then uh, participating if these things are met? So, again, I think that we have to also look at, um, just as the general public, as to what are we forcing by way of boycott for um, organizations like the NFL and other um, um, other uh, corporations to do in order to recognize our voice and our plight. Joseph and, and Jay Z made the point that well, this is this is a, this is bigger than one man getting a job. N no, one black man not getting a job, being denied an opportunity because he dared to protest is part of the thing that he was talking about. Yes, he was protesting police brutality. But the history of black folks in this country is that white folks said, oh, you do this, I'm going to penalize you. The black people who dared to register to vote, who lost their jobs. The black people who dared to stand up to racism, who then uh, had their markers called in. Who were who, the, the, the black folks who own land, who were not actually, who were not sold uh, feed, who couldn't grow their land. The black people who did grow products on their land, then white folks said, we're not gonna sell your products at, at, at the farmer's market. We have a history of white folks penalizing black people economically for standing up and that's what we're dealing with here and so Jay, sorry Jay-Z we just can't just ignore this reality well you and, and and the list that you that you proffered goes on and on and on right and one of the reasons why Colin Kaepernick won that huge settlement from the NFL is because he was on the verge of proving that they denied him a right to earn a living they denied him of the right to practice his chosen profession implicitly and not even explicitly but implicitly they did this and it was a conspiracy they have done everything they possibly could have done to, to, to deny this man a place in the NFL they settled out of court they brought back Eric Reed they don't even show protests anymore uh, on on the pregame shows and and during the national anthem that's not even a part of NFL coverage on television anymore so the NFL has done everything they could to try to make this go away Jay-Z is one more chip on that pile. I don't think it's going to move the needle very much, not the least of which because you have so many people suggesting that Jay-Z sold out, right? And the question that I have, and that I was mulling over with some friends of mine this afternoon, in exchange for what? What is Jay-Z getting out of this? I mean, he's already got more money than, than he probably knows what to do with between him and his wife, and he probably has enough influence in the music industry that he can get anybody he wants to do whatever they want. And so if he gets somebody to play on, on, on the Super Bowl halftime show, to what end, right? That person is still going to have the taint 
of, of Colin Kaepernick, uh, the specter of his non-employment lingering over the Super Bowl. Uh, it was like Jamel, his, Jamel Hill said yesterday, you know, that's all they could talk about during the Super Bowl last year was why was Cap not around? Why was Maroon 5 playing? Why was this rapper uh, uh, agreed to, to, to perform in the halftime show when everybody knew that this was a, a sham and the reason why everybody was talking about it was the reason why people weren't performing and the reason why black people have turned out. So I'm kind of questioning what Jay-Z gets out of the mix. I mean, it's clear what the league gets. What does he get? Absolutely. All right, folks, let's go to our second top story, uh, and that is Donald Trump encouraging the Israeli prime minister to block two Muslim members of Congress from entry into Israel. Benjamin Netanyahu did exactly that. Trump has been trashing Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, saying they hate all Jews and that uh, they should not be allowed in that country. This has led to significant condemnation from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and so many others as a result of this trip, which, which was scheduled to start on Sunday. A, a number of Democrats are going on this trip. Well, now all of a sudden we have a new issue. Trump, has, of course, has been attacking uh, the two of them, uh, trying to make uh, the squad, that is Congressman Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and Ayanna Presley, the focus uh, of his campaign efforts. And now he's going after these two. Uh, Etan, I want to go to you first uh, to have this happen uh, again. But th this is revealing, again, Donald Trump continued to attack women of color. It is part of his strategy. It's part of him trying to gin up his uh, racist, xenophobic base of supporters. And he's very successful at doing it. You know, I mean, the, his entire strategy in, in the elections was pretty much to point to the Mexicans and say that the reason for, you know, your problems to, to white America is because of the Mexicans. That's, that's what he did, and it worked. You know, and, and he, he has a way of being able to uh, make blanket statements, and then you have followers that support it. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily um, become surprised at things that Donald Trump says. He is who we thought he was. But it does always surprise me how many people are still supporting him. It surprises me how many women support him, no matter what color. It surprises me that how many of mainstream America still support him. And he continues to make these outlandish statements and these blanket statements, and he's getting so much support. So as to right now, if the Democrats don't get it together and run somebody in the best ticket, we might be looking at another four years of Donald Trump, which is frightening to hear, but nothing is going to knock him down. You have evangelicals that support him, even though he represents anything that even remotely represents Christ. I mean, but he, but he, he has a way of being able to, to make people follow him, almost like it's like the children of the corn or like they're, they're under like some kind of a spell or something like that, and they follow him. But this statement that he made here, to blank, a blanket statement, because criticizing um, the policies of Israel is not anti-Semitic. It's not. You know what I mean? Just like criticizing the policies of America is not anti-American. You know, but and, and people should know that. You know, I mean, you, you talk to middle school children and they can understand that. But then you have the uninformed voters that continue to follow anything he says. And that's what's really frightening. Um, this is uh, uh, Joseph. Again, you're seeing the pettiness of Donald Trump. You're seeing the game. And for Netanyahu, so basically what? He's now scared of Donald Trump. According to one account, Netanyahu approved of these visits a few months ago. And so the only reason the action was taken today was because Donald Trump demanded it. Well, I don't know if he's scared of him so much as he's following his lead. I mean, look at what we're not talking about, right? Instead of, instead of talking about 
is said, we're now talking about three or two Congress people of color, Donald Trump's main foils. He's trying to divide and conquer, right? That's obvious. Look at what we're not talking about. We're not talking about the economy on the verge of recession. We're not talking about Netanyahu, who is under indictment and may go to jail before he finishes his term, right? We're not talking about climate change. We're not talking about women's rights. We're talking about politics, divide and conquer, and, and getting our attention drawn away from some really important issues that he's able to do this. So I think Netanyahu probably is influenced by Trump. I don't know necessarily that he's afraid of him so much as he's saying, you know what, that really works. Let's give it a shot. Erica? Yeah, and I'll just add to that also that, um, you know, earlier this year, the Senate rolled out another bill um, around anti-boycotting um, measures um, against Israel. And so I think, you know, what Joseph just laid out, um, I definitely echo that. And just talk about really the dumpster fire that, Trump's, that Trump continually, continuously sets in order for people not to pay attention to what impact the Dow dropping 800 points has on their everyday um, work. Um, and then also just looking at then too, how this then um, traps that, tracks down to folks in their local communities that we are, um, that 27 states have actually have um, ordinances. They also have um, laws on the books against, um, um, for anti-boycotting measures against Israel. So I think that, um, Folks need to kind of like pay attention when there there are all these flaming and inflammatory statements coming out of the admin and out of Trump's mouth. Look at everything else that's happening below the fold to see that how that's really impacting you. We have folks that are about to lose SNAP benefits. I mean, there's a lot happening for um, our attention to actually be um, directed otherwise. All right, then, folks. Uh, again, an absolutely crazy story, uh, but uh, o uh, Omar and others are not, um, they're not holding back at all. In fact, I'm going to read for you a tweet from Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Uh, she was um, quite critical of Donald Trump uh, for the actions that he took. Uh, this is what she tweeted. Israel's denial of entry to Congresswoman Tlaib and Omar is beneath the dignity of the great state of Israel. Donald Trump's statements about the Congresswoman are a sign of ignorance and disrespect and beneath the dignity of the office of the president, which, first of all, is no shock at all because... Uh, uh, he is he was been beneath the dignity of the office from the day he was actually elected. Also, uh, this is what uh, uh, Ilhan Omar, um, she, she ripped Netanyahu. She said that Trump's Muslim ban is what Israel is implementing. Others have been saying uh, the exact same thing uh, as well. And that, Eton, is really what we're dealing with. This is a man who, dis who does not want Muslims in this country. Uh, he is speaking to the issue of white fear. He is speaking to these people who do not want immigrants in this country. If you are a person of color, Donald Trump has no use for you in America. Yeah, he's made that quite clear. Um, he's spoken the language of the white supremacists. So, you know, when you had Jamel Hill yes, you know, yesterday on here and she called him a white supremacist before and, you know, got in hot water by, from ESPN, she was absolutely right. You know, when, when you have a mass shooter after mass shooter, um, you know, and he doesn't want to say the word white you know, supremacist, domestic terrorist. He doesn't want to say that word. But had the person have been Muslim, you know what I mean? He would have been, you know, shouting it from the mountaintops that they're they're coming after us. And it's the whole fear of politics. But it it's you you think that people would be smart enough to see that that's what he's doing and not be fooled by it. But it's working. 
is working over and over again. And he has, you know, mainstream America really thinking that the Mexicans are coming to get you and the Muslims are coming to get you. So you better vote for Donald Trump because he's going to keep you safe and make America great again. That's what they really believe. You know, never mind the fact that you're actually voting against your interests because he doesn't really care about lower class white people. He does not. You know, middle class white people, he does not. He is an elitist. You know what I mean? So you're supporting somebody who, who is against your interests. And it's just, it's, it's amazing to see. But he, he spews hate. And, and, and it's, 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 like I said, it's sad to just see it working. But, you know, hate in politics is, is, is something that goes hand in hand for them. And we're going to see a lot more of it in this upcoming election. I want to talk about this uh, weird story uh, out of Louisiana where the uh, United States Fifth Circuit a fifth Court of Appeals with well, the Fifth Circuit uh, ruled, uh, they actually withdrew an opinion it made in April, reinstating a lawsuit against Black Lives Matter organizer DeRay McKesson. Uh, they ruled that he did not have uh, in, in any First Amendment uh, rights. Now, here's what happened. A district judge ruled in 2017 that Black Lives Matter is not a particular entity of any sort and like the Tea Party or Civil Rights Movement can't be sued. According to this, this story, the judge also concluded that McKesson solely engaged in protected speech at a demonstration. Well, a law officer claims that McKesson is the reason why he uh, suffered injuries, serious injuries, uh, doing a protest in 2016 after the shooting death of Alton Sterling. Uh, we, we initially had DeRay booked for the show, then he canceled. Hopefully we will uh, rehab him on the show to get his thoughts on this lawsuit. Uh, Joseph, I want to start with you. Uh, it, it's sort of strange, again, that this officer is trying to pursue one individual who was participating in a protest as if that person is over all the actions of all the protesters. He's the king of black protesters. You know, so that's why they got to take him out. I mean, look, it's very simple what's happening here, right? You've got a, a representative, a guy who's fairly well known in DeRay McKisson, who is going to be the villain, right? You talked in the last segment about how Tlaib and, and Omar and AOC are all villains of, 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 of Donald Trump and foils. This is just another play from that handbook, right? He's trying to sue DeRay McKisson to basically silence him. What I find interesting, uh, two things are, the first is, Protected speech has been like a, a, a catch-all tool that the conservatives have been using for years to try to protect stuff like gun rights and, and abortion and so forth to try to get those issues on their side by using the First Amendment. Now comes a time where somebody's using the First Amendment to go against what they stand for, and all of a sudden he's the bad guy, right? I mean, uh, the second thing that, that, that occurs to me is the Fifth Circuit in Louisiana is probably one of the most conservative courts in the nation, one of the most conservative circuits, and I looked it up before I came on the show, of the 16 judges that are sitting right now, five were appointed by Donald Trump. Five. And before that, the ones that were appointed by uh, uh, President Obama in eight years, two. Five versus two, mostly conservative, pushing far to the right past and the, any of the other conservatives that sit there. So this is probably what, what I think a sign of things to come in the fact that Trump keeps pushing these judges, Mr. McConnell keeps putting them on the court, and we're going to keep getting nonsensical rulings like this one. Here's what's interesting. First of all, the uh, lawsuit says when the defendants ran out of water bottles they were throwing at the Baton Rouge City Police, a member of defendant Black Lives Matter, he's saying that a member of McKesson's group, Black Lives Matter, which he's actually not over, 
under the controlling custody of the defendants, then picked up a piece of concrete or similar rock-like substance and hurled into the police that were making arrests. They said the officer was knocked to the ground, he, that some of his teeth were knocked out and had an injury to his jaw and his brain. Now, here's what's interesting here. In this opinion, Erica and Eton, it says, we of course acknowledge that McKesson's negligent conduct took place in the context of a political protest. But Claiborne Hardware does not insulate the petitioner from liability for his own negligent conduct simply because he and those he associated with also intended to communicate the message. Um, I don't know where, but are they saying that DeRay was throwing rocks, was throwing water? To have judges say he had negligent conduct, like what? Yeah, I, I, I really believe that this is really another way to dissuade people from really um, pushing back and standing up and peacefully boycotting, or just boycotting, period, which is protected by the First Amendment. Particularly as we look at, you know, the 2019 coming up on the 2020 cycle, this is about people being engaged. It goes from local to state to um, federal. This is about people saying that we um, are the ones that are taxpayers. We uh, pay these elected officials. We also pay um, the police um, officers who are directed to protect and serve us. So um, I think that um, also it is, um, and you mentioned this, time kind of to play connect the dots. All of the conversations that have been had on this show around the courts, around the number of federal judges that Donald Trump is um, 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 nominating and then that McConnell is making sure um, sweeps through the Senate fairly quickly are reasons around why we boycott, are reasons around why we protest, are reasons around why we participate in um, voter rights advocacy because all of these things add up to um, the body politic that we're all involved now. So I think it's most important that number one, as Joseph pointed out, the number of uh, judges that are on that that are um, on that bench, as far as that fifth circuit court, that people pay attention to that um, and use these things as motivation to be engaged um, in your local communities. But but Eton, this is why I continue to try to explain to people by connecting the dots why you have to understand. Voting in this election is tied to federal judges being appointed because when you have judges who will make such rulings that then will have an impact on protest, what they're saying is any individual can be sued by a cop uh, if they are engaged exactly in a right. protest, which will have a chilling effect on anybody who goes out and protests and then says, oh, well, you were in a group. These folks over here threw something. You're responsible for their actions when, in fact, you're not. Right, and the way this ties into the first topic that we, we talked about is that they're doing this to, to kind of squash anybody from protesting or demonstrating in any way, shape, or form. The same way the NFL is whiteballing Kaepernick to try to, you know, dissuade any players from taking a knee or protesting in any way, shape, or form. It's, it's always interesting when they use language that we're going to try to create a safe environment for players to use their voices, and they don't ever do it. You know what I mean? As long as it's not protesting, as long as it's not taking a knee, as long as it's not this, 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 or this, you're safe to do it. But a safe environment in the NFL is kind of a joke, right? Right. <laughs> you know, the sport is built on mayhem and you're trying to create a safe environment for, for a peaceful protest that offends people, that offends the league, that offends white viewers, that offends people who don't even know what they're protesting about.
Yeah, and, and don't forget that, the, you know, they, the, the same thing they told Dr. King, that it wasn't the right time for him to protest or there wasn't the right way for him to protest. But now you'll hear all the mainstream America talk about how much they love Dr. King. You know, on, on the Martin Luther King Day, they'll, they'll, they'll tweet, they'll, they'll make their, you know what I mean, signs, they'll you know, tweet their quotes and everything like that. But then they look at Colin Kaepernick, they say, no, no, he shouldn't be allowed to protest and he should be punished. And they almost have a victory lap for him not being in the, in the NFL. And that's the hypocritical part. But I will, I do want to say one thing real quick before, before I stop, and you referred to it earlier. I, too, would like to hear from Colin Kaepernick himself. I would. You know what I mean? There's a large, large, pe large amount of people, my, my son included, his teammates included, you know, that are like, you know, well, you know, first, should, should we watch the NFL again? You know, first we, we heard that, you know, he had his settlement. And so, okay, he got his settlement, so he got his back pay from the whole time that they were whiteballing him, so everything should be okay, right? But then we heard a little bit uh, after that that, you know, he's working out and he wants to get back in the league. And then we hear Jay-Z, you know, partnering with the NFL, and we hear a negative reaction from everybody around Kaepernick, from his girlfriend, Nessa, from, you know, Eric Reed, who we know how close he is with him. Got it. And all I got it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, just give me one second. First off, I, I, I want to I go back to the DeRay story. And here's the deal, folks. Uh, this is an important case. Those of us in media, we understand this. It's called New York Times versus Sullivan. That was a landmark Supreme Court case where the Supreme Court ruled uh, that a city could not sue protesters uh, for defaming them. Uh, Dr. King and others took a full-page ad out in the New York Times uh, in 1960, blasting Alabama for its racism, criticizing the Montgomery Police Department. What happened was uh, a, a, an actual commissioner sued, saying that they were defamed. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court. They tried to... Uh, in fact, the initial ruling was that a judge ruled in favor of Montgomery, Alabama officials, and they were awarded $500,000. This case went all the way up to the Supreme Court after the New York Times uh, uh, appealed the case. Uh, and had this case not been ruled this way by those Supreme Court justices, that means that anybody who criticized public officials for Jim Crow could have sued media entities and sued, pro sued civil rights activists as a result of them calling out racism. And so just so, again, I want people to understand why judges matter. Had the Supreme Court not made that decision, then all of these Jim Crow city folks, county folks could have sued activists for daring to criticize Jim Crow. And so I just want folks just to understand that so 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 well, you just, understand just, why just, judges matter. Go ahead, Joe. And just real quickly, I mean, will this Supreme Court make a decision like that? Will this Supreme Court Great stand point. up for 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 freedom of speech, stand up for Times versus Sullivan and hold it as president? I have my doubts. Right. Hold tight one second, going to break. We come back. The Missouri Supreme Court has suspended a couple of former prosecutors for covering up a police brutality case. Wow. About time. You're watching Roller Martin Unfiltered. Back in a moment. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roller Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roller Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. 
All right, folks, they're back. MarijuanaStock.org has another great investment opportunity. If you were lucky enough to invest in their last crowdfunding campaign, you know they raised a lot of money in just a few months investing in legal marijuana farms. Those initial investors now own shares of a publicly traded company, and, of course, they are very excited by that. Now they have a new investment opportunity that is as good, if not better, than the last. I'm talking about industrial hemp CBD. For those who don't know, the hemp plant is a cousin to marijuana, uh, of course, and then you, uh, has a higher concentration of CBD, which means hemp CBD gives you all of the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high. Now, until recently, hemp farming was practically illegal in the U.S. and heavily regulated by the DEA. However, that changed with the 2018 Farm Bill, making it legal to grow hemp CBD in the U.S. and creating one of the largest commodities worldwide. They need land to grow all of the plants, and this makes for an incredible investment opportunity. And that's where our good friends at 420 Real Estate come in. Their business model is simple. They buy land that supports hemp CBD grow operations and lease it to licensed high-paying tenants. That's right. They are hemp CBD landlords, and you can get in on the action. You can invest in this crowdfunding campaign for as little as 200 bucks, up to $10,000. All right, folks, all you got to do is go to MarijuanaStock.org. That's MarijuanaStock.org if you want to get in the game. And if you do so, do it now. All right, well, the Missouri Supreme Court has suspended the law licenses of two former St. Louis prosecutors for covering up a police beating of a handcuffed suspect in 2014. The court suspended Catherine Ann Katie Deerdorf and Ambry Schuschler. Deerdorf cannot apply for reinstatement for three years. Schuschler will be suspended for at least two years. The court's ruling cited the severity of Ms. Deerdorf's misconduct as a result of her dishonesty and instruction of others to conceal information about the incident and Schuessler's repeated dishonesty during an interference with the federal prosecution of the police detective in their decision. This, to me, Erica, is huge because these, 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 these prosecutors who hide evidence, who withhold evidence, who say nothing, they need to be penalized, and what this means is they cannot practice law that goes to the heart of their pocketbooks. Oh, absolutely. And um, when you start thinking about communities and then the families that have been impacted by their own biased thoughts, opinions, um, and judgment otherwise, then you start looking at the larger, um, the larger swath of the population that they've probably impacted. I think that this is um, definitely a shining example of um, some um, level of justice being served. And I also believe that this is um, another opportunity for everyone to look at, particularly as we um, start cycling to another election season, who are these people that are in your particular municipalities, who are district attorneys, who are those individuals, and then look at um, what their indictments have been like and make the decision at the ballot if that's something that you want to continue to have to impact your life um, or something differently. So I think that this, again, um, is um, somewhat of a justice win, but it also was a call for us to look at um, local politics as well. Eton, again, the only way to hold these cops and these, these prosecutors accountable for wrongdoing is to hit them in their pocketbooks, and that's what this decision does. Definitely. I mean, nothing is going to change until you hold police accountable. 
I mean, we're still waiting to hear if Daniel Pantaleo, the policeman who choked Eric Garner to death, is even going to be fired. You know, not if he's going to go to jail or prison, but if he's just going to be fired from working with the NYPD anymore. I mean, these are the things that I would like to see Roger Goodell and Jay-Z kind of tackle in each city because nothing will change. If you, if, you have, if you have a child and say, and you tell that child that he can do anything he wants to and never get punished, what do you think that child's going to do? And that's, that's pretty much what they, they've given all police officers. All you have to say is, I was in fear for my life. That's it. You know what I mean? And then and you're going to be not guilty and maybe not even indicted. And we have to hold the way that we police right now is, is, is not effective and is not morally correct. And, you know, to hear, you know, keep relating it to what we talked about earlier, to hear Jay-Z say that the time for kneeling is no more, I'm like, no, there's a lot of time for kneeling because there's a lot of injustice still happening. So that's a statement that he should have never made. But, yes, we have to hold police officers accountable. Joseph. Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind in hearing about this story is, okay, that's great. They caught those two. What about the ones we don't know about? Chicago had a secret dungeon where they were torturing people for years, and that never came to light, and the prosecutors were covering it up. New York City, Central Park 5, that prosecutor was, was only recently not uh, exposed as, as having done some wrongdoing. So it, it requires vigilance, but it also is, is, is something that is endemic in the system. Prosecutors and cops work very closely together. It's in one's best interest to cover up for the other. So until the system is exposed for, for the injustices that it perpetrates on ordinary people and for the ones that don't get exposed, it's not going to change. And I think Eton's right. Kneeling is never, there's never not a good time to kneel. We should, be, we should have been kneeling 20 years ago. We probably will be kneeling 20 years from now. Well, bottom lines is here. I'm glad to see these two uh, who are being held accountable, folks. Voting rights restored uh, in Louisiana, where some 37,000 folks there who have recently had their voting rights restored by the state are joining a potential wave of new voters from across the country. Last year, of course, Florida elected to restore voting rights to nearly 1.5 million people with felony convictions. But then, of course, Republicans there said, ah, you got to pay all your fines back. Folks, as of July 1st, nearly 77,000 formerly incarcerated folks in Nevada will be able to vote vote in the next election. This could shape upcoming elections in these states as well as the presidential race in 2020. Of course, Florida and Nevada, both increasingly purple uh, states, important prizes to secure the Electoral College victory. And again, uh, this is what is huge when it comes to restoring those voting rights. Let's talk about this story here, folks. Under Donald Trump, the FBI's official counterterrorism priorities have included black identity extremists, anti-authority extremists, and animal rights environmental extremists, according to leaked documents obtained by the Young Turks investigative team. That would include Black Lives Matter activists. The 2020 threat guidance states racially motivated violent extremists use force or violence in violation of criminal law in response to perceived racism and injustice in American society or in an effort to establish a separate black homeland or autonomous black social institutions, communities, or governing organizations within the United States. Hmm. What's interesting about this, Eton, is that the Trump administration is ignoring the people who've actually killed more folks mm -hmm. than Muslims in this country. That is, white domestic terrorists. So for them to go after so-called black identity extremists and ignoring the folks who are actually doing the killing shows and proves, gives you more evidence, Eton, that this administration is all about protecting white supremacists as opposed to holding them accountable. Well, they're not even being slick about it. I mean, we, we, there's no way that you can look at their actions and not tell that, that that's exactly what they're doing. 
and you know they're they're going back to the 60s to the days of Quantel Pro and J. Edgar Hoover where they're having the list of, of every black person or every black organization that is fighting for the rights of black people and to label them a terrorist to label them an enemy of the state public enemy number one you know what I mean and and they and they're 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 starting to make them um, to create to create a fear in mainstream America and white America of the these organizations and that's what Trump is doing right now and the the the, the problem is that it's being effectively soaking in by all of mainstream America because now you'll, you'll ask you'll, you'll see Fox News and you'll see them talking about Black Lives Matter and you'll see them refer to um, DeRay McKesson and they'll talk to, they'll talk about them like they are the terrorists you know what I mean? Not the not the not the white supremacists who left the manifesto and, and you know quoted Trump and none, none of that. They're not the terrorists. They're, they're they they connect to them mental health issues or video games or you know too much you know violence on TV or not enough you know attention from their parents or teachers. They put the blame every place else. But then when it comes to these 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 black organizations that really want the social justice for black people, they label them terrorists. And that's 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 exactly what was done in the 60s. Erica, what we're dealing with here again is an administration does not want to hold those folks accountable, and that's the games that they're playing, and we're seeing it living out. And Trump is loath to call them out. He, I mean, he, in El Paso, Charlottesville, on and on and on, and Republicans go along with it. Oh, absolutely. And I think when this report was released in August of 2017, that was um, the month of Charlottesville. I mean, listen, this is a person who is on a 10-day vacation. Um, we've had the anniversary of um, Mike Brown being shot down. We've had um, the anniversary of Charlottesville, where we did have one person to die as a result of that. And he's on vacations. He's going to weddings. He's making money. And, and, and even prior before that, when he descended down, before he descended down the escalator, this is who this person was. He's always been... Um, a person who has identified strongly and advocated strongly for white people. So it's not, um, it doesn't, um, you know, land um, as surprise for us, it's, I'm talking about black folks, that this is what is coming out now in 2019 um, relative to the report about black identity extremists. So I think after a diet has been fed in America of black people being scary, black people to be feared, black people to be inferior, that when you have departments and organizations in an administration or a regime um, more so, um, they're running it more so like a regime, um, release reports like this and have to update them so that it does not explicitly say black right. identity um, um, folks, um, extremists, and it does have to say racially motivated, then that is telling to let all of us know collectively um, really yeah. who, um, who's been looked at all along. Joseph, this, I keep telling people, we're in the age of white fear. You better understand what's going on here and this targeting of black folks who are protesters and ignoring these white domestic terrorists is speaking to the kind of country we're living in. Well, and, and you're absolutely, nothing sells like fear, right? And, and the one through line through all of these stories, again, it's remarkable. The one through line through every last one of these stories is fear, right? Fear that the NFL has of looking bad uh, and, and looking like racist, even though there's elements that they actually are doing that, right? Fear of having a quarterback with cornrows and tattoos under center who still protests about things happening in the black community. 
fear about DeRay McKesson stirring up black people and having us have an insurrection that they can't control. So you got to use the courts to stop that. It's a through line through almost everything that you can talk about uh, in the news affecting black Americans these days. And nothing sells like it, especially in politics. And, and the one kind of irony I, I, I keep coming back to is, is uh, Eton made, mentioned Cointelpro. Fifty years ago, the FBI bust in and killed Fred Hampton, Black Panthers, while he was in bed. So even though these are just words on paper, they matter. All right, folks, you know what time it is. No I'm white. I got you, Carl. Uh, um, illegally selling water with a A jail administrator's wife in Arkansas was arrested this week after she allegedly pulled a gun and detained four black students who were going door to door for a school fundraiser. When police chief Jackie Clark issued a media statement saying that officers responded to a suspicious person's report and found 46-year-old Jerry Kelly holding a gun on four juveniles who were lying on the ground. After the officer let the children stand up, they explained that they were selling discounted cards for school football games. Now, folks, we don't have a picture of her because according to Cross County Sheriff David West, she had a medical issue during booking. So that's, what, that's, that, that's where we are now, Erica. White folks pulling guns on black teens and holding them down. And again, so basically we've got a, we've got, uh, a female George Zimmerman. Call her Georgina Zimmerman. That's what we have here. So, um, Roland, I, um, I, when I read this story, I, and, and what struck me is that I, I thought, sat back to myself, I said, you know, there's a, there's a commonality that's running through all of these topics, and it is white dominance. There's no way that um, anybody that had a, um, held a, had two, had four children come into her home or, uh, and, and then held a gun to them would then, like, we would treat this like this is that, that's fine. That did is that, that it's okay. I'm 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 frustrated a bit um, because this is not business as usual. Um, I'm also uh, frustrated to a place where I, I really want for people to really pay attention to what's happening. Um, you know, turn down the entertainment a bit because these actions by someone who feels like she really um, had the permission to do what she did, and then when she was actually booked. Um, the fact that her booking, that she didn't have a photo that she take does show that even though her husband said that she wasn't shown um, any type of courtesy, that she was, in fact, shown a courtesy. Need for people to look at this, that this is, in fact, happening in 2019 and is going to definitely uptick in years to come, to really pay attention um, and to really um, own your community, be very vigilant about the community that you live in, and get to know your neighbors because this is kind of the time where people really need to be communing, checking on um, one another's children because what we're seeing, um, what people are saying is happening out of white fear, um, I believe strongly is just happening out of um, their own sense of not really, really um, understanding um, that black folks um, actually do belong here as well. Um, so I'm, I'm gotcha. definitely a bit frustrated, uh, but need folks to really look at these stories and take them very, very seriously as it relates to our community. Gotcha. Yeah. Joseph, real quick. 
Well, it's again more fear, more privilege. You know, it 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 membership has its privileges, right? And and she exercised, I guess, just about all of them. So you can check the boxes and then stack it on with the ones over there on the left and and see what we come to account, which probably is not very much. Absolutely. All right, folks, got to go to a break right now. We'll be back. Roland Martin Unfiltered. We're going to talk about the American Heart Association and an HBCU initiative uh, that you uh, applied for. And we'll talk about next on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Hey, fam, I want you to like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications. All right, folks, Life Lux Jazz is the experience of a lifetime delivering top-notch music in an upscale destination. The weekend-long event is held at the Omnia Day Club Los Cabos, which is nestled on the Sea of Cortez in the celebrity playground of Los Cabos, Mexico. The Life Lux Jazz experience offers the ultimate getaway for discerning jazz aficionados by pairing an upscale international destination with luxury, with luxury accommodations, fine hot cuisine, top shelf libations, breathtaking golf, exhilarating spa, health and wellness options, and much more, while showcasing some of the biggest names in entertainment. The second annual Life Lux Jazz experience continues to build upon its success and heritage with jazzing around Los Cabos, a celebratory expansion of accomplishing its goal of sharing all the finest the destination has to offer, including daytime excursions and many concerts, including the Spirit of Jazz Gospel Brunch and Jazz Sunset Cruise. Confirmed guests, comedian actor Mark Curry, Gerald Albright, Alex Bouman, Raul Madon, Incognito, Pieces of a Dream, Kirk Whalem, Average White Band, Donnie McClurkin, Shalea, Roy Ayers, Tom Brown, Ronnie Laws, and Ernest Quarles. Man, that's a hell of a lineup. For more information, visit the website at lifeluxjazz.com. It's lifeluxjazz.com. Also, we'll be broadcasting Roller Martin Unfiltered uh, from Los Cabos uh, the, the Thursday and Friday. And so you definitely want to be in the house, folks. It is an amazing experience. I can't wait for it all to happen. So go to lifeluxjazz.com to sign up today. All right, folks, you might recall a few months ago, we participated with, in an event with the American Heart Association in North Carolina uh, tied to their Business Accelerator Program. Well, in October, uh, there will be an event taking place in Washington, D.C. Uh, for HBCUs that are involved in this initiative. And, of course, uh, we live stream that particular event in April. Joining us right now is Dr. Philip. Otino Boru, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, Director of the Center for Renewal Energy and Sustainability. Okay, uh, my, my apologies here. I actually had uh, so I had some I had some uh, uh, t uh, information that was actually uh, together here. So sorry about that in my prompter. Uh, as I said, in April we had the event with American Heart Association uh, dealing with our HBCUs. Um, uh, come to the issue of health. We live streamed that particular event. Well, in October, they have their next event taking place in Washington, D.C., uh, and then we're, we're looking forward to that event as well. Uh, and so right now, I want to uh, welcome our guest from the American Heart Association back mm -hmm. to Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, and uh, how y'all doing? Great. Thank Roland. you. Okay, uh, I, okay, I heard one. I didn't hear the other. Can you hear me? Hi, Roland. 
Okay, now I can hear you. Okay, now I can hear you. Okay, so we have this great event in April in North Carolina. Uh, and so let's talk about what is going to be taking place uh, in October. We had an opportunity for people uh, to apply. Anybody could apply to help uh, with healthy outcomes in their communities, not just limited to universities. And so what is taking place in October? So, Roland, we are going, the AHA is going to be at the African American Smithsonian um, October the 17th. Um, we will um, provide about $80,000 in dollars to um, help people with their businesses that are really focused on um, improving their communities. And so, we're really excited because this is a continuation of the project that we did with you with the HBCUs back in April. Okay, so uh, and and we and we talk about uh, first of all, it was broadened beyond just the universities, and so give us a yes. sense of uh, the type of folks from around the country. I mean, uh, and how many folks actually applied as well? So there were over 140 different applications this year, different businesses, and you know what is interesting is just the creativity and the innovation of those that um, did submit. So they range from artificial intelligence for disabled people to bringing fresh fruits and vegetables to food deserts to having solutions for when you are actually um, stopped by the police. So, when, so if I were having some type of attack, you know, there's something on my dashboard that would say that I have asthma or um, that I may have high blood pressure or that I have diabetes. So it actually gives the ability to hopefully mitigate those that may be um, having some type of medical issue. And then also, how do we improve education for those that are um, going into STEM and really looking at how we diversify the pipeline for those going into the medical field? Uh, Leah uh, Lezerando, you're a CEO and co-founder of 412 Food Rescue, uh, one of the recipients of an accelerated grant. Um, what is that, 412 Food Rescue? Yes, so we are a technology nonprofit, and what we do is we, I guess the, the easiest way to describe it is, is, is an Uber model for making sure that surplus food does not go to landfills, instead goes to people. All right, and so uh, for and for, so for, what did the grant actually do for you uh, and your nonprofit? Yeah, so um, the going through the AHA Empowered Accelerator actually was a very intense um, process for us. It's in a very short period of time, you really get put through um, training and mentorship and a curriculum that allows you and other as an entrepreneur to focus on your business. You know, because if you're an entrepreneur, um, you know, you get so bogged down by the day to day that sometimes you don't take time to to kind of, you know, um, you know, look back and think about, OK, what's next for this? What is the why of my business? Why did I do this? And it allows you that time and that focus to really put your business to the next level. And Leah, um, wouldn't you say that uh, it's almost no. like a crash course in, in an MBA? It is, and you know, and the funding um, potential after it as well is extremely important. You know, less than five percent of funding for technology companies goes to women and much less to women of color. So um, going through this accelerator not only provided the mentorship, not only provided, you know, kind of 
the crash course MBA, but also the, the seed funding that is needed to propel business forward. And uh, Roland, and obviously, like uh, the one, obviously oh. one of the things that businesses often talk about is is access to capital. Uh, and so the ability to be able uh, to give folks uh, a boost, obviously, is hugely critical. Extremely important, of course. Pamela, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think, Leah, you should even talk about how you've been able to you know, scale your business from one market to five markets and what that has done for your business and, and how that has impacted your revenue stream. Yeah, so 412 Food Rescue was founded in Pittsburgh. And at that time, you know, going through the accelerator was a critical time for us because we needed, you know, we were at that um, that stage in our business where we either, you know, stay put or invest a lot of, of resources in our efforts to expand. And um, since the accelerator, which was last year, um, we have expanded to four or five other cities. So that was really the catalyst um, in terms of, you know, focus and training and funding that that for to Food Rescue needed. All right, then. Well, uh, again, uh, give folks the information again. And can the public attend uh, October 17th? Most definitely, Roland. We took your advice. So October 17th, the African-American Smithsonian <laughs> um, at 630. We really look forward to you participating. And of course, it will be live streamed. And um, hopefully in the next month, we'll be able to share a couple of really special guests that will be a part of that panel as well. All right, then. Well, first of all, we look, we're certainly looking forward to it. Uh, and if uh, folks want more information about the program, where should they go? Empoweredtoserve.org. Empoweredtoserve.org. Okay. All right, folks. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. I'm going to go to a commercial break. When we come back. We're going to talk with one of the uh, folks at HBCU who has participated in this program and can talk about the benefits of it for HBCUs. Back at Roller Martin Unfiltered in just a moment. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. As I said, this American Heart Association initiative benefits HBCUs, and one of them, of course, is Johnson C. Smith uh, University. Uh, and Dr. Philip Otinoburo, director of the Center for Renewable Energy and Sustainability at Johnson C. Smith, uh, joins us right now. Doc, how you doing? Roland, thanks for having me. Uh, glad, to, glad to have you here. Um, how vital is it? Uh, again, to have organizations like the American Heart Association uh, providing these business accelerator grants uh, for the HBCU community. I mean, it's extremely vital. As you can see, um, most of the HBCUs actually fall in uh, neighborhoods that are extremely, uh, you know, uh, one, highly minority uh, focused and, uh, you know, they have a huge minority representation. Uh, second thing is these neighborhoods are actually affected by food insecurity, uh, which is what our project is all about, addressing food insecurity in the neighborhoods. Uh, so 
these accelerator grants actually help to, uh, you know, uh, put put the community ahead and uh, help to deal with the disparities that we see in these uh, African-American communities. Well, Dr. Cynthia Weavers-Brown, she is the chair and associate professor in the Department of Health, Physical Education and Sports Studies at Winston-Salem State University. She also joins us. Uh, Dr. Brown, glad to have you here. Thank you. Uh, we talk about when we talk about our communities and we talk about health, we talk about coming up with creative ways to impact this. Uh, to me, this is great because uh, it's, there are people out there who uh, are not even tied to institutions, but who may have great ideas. They're simply looking for a place uh, that will actually fund the startup of their ideas. That's um, true. That was the case for us. We um, had two community partners. One was an elementary school. The other was a, a local community advocate that wanted to start or is starting an urban gardening initiative. And and first of all, uh, how much how much are the grants and how are you how they've been able uh, to really uh, get it going? And did it also lead to other folks also being able uh, to give to the initiative? Yeah, uh, in our case, well, first of all, the grants are $100,000 uh, with some money set aside for student stipends as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, that is not insignificant. Uh, as you can see, um, that is, is funding that goes directly to the community and uh, can achieve a lasting impact. Now, with our particular initiative, we've been able to pull a number of organizations that are actually helping the students to achieve their objectives. For instance, uh, our hospital system here, Atrium Health, is going to be helping the students to organize around, uh, you know, addressing these social determinants of health. We have Loaves and Fishes uh, and uh, The Bulb, which is a mobile uh, food delivery uh, service here in, in the Charlotte area. So just some great momentum that we see uh, and uh, you know the students are, are definitely gearing towards a very productive summer i'm sorry uh, fall and the, the same Dr. thing it's true the same thing is true for us here at wssu um, we were able to partner with several um, other organizations the sg atkins community garden we introduced the children to gardening we were able to partner with some community um, organizations here. Uh, we also were able to partner with the National Cycling Center to, to um, introduce the, uh, the students to um, cycling, not introduce them, but to um, provide cycling for the children. So it leveraged for us several different partnerships. All right, then. Well, look, we certainly appreciate uh, both of you joining us to share your thoughts on how these American Heart Association Business Accelerator Grants uh, impact uh, HBCUs. And we look forward to being there on October 17th to see uh, who the next winners are of these grants. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. And again, folks, October 17th, uh, I will be uh, hosting that event. We'll be live streaming that event as well, taking place at the African American History Museum. And we'll be there. You're certainly invited to attend as well. All right, folks, uh, many of you watched the show Blackish. One of the stars of that show is Miles Brown. Uh, Miles and I had an opportunity to catch up at Essence. And let's just say uh, he and I don't see eye to eye when it comes to basketball. Well, actually, he's short as hell, so we don't see eye to eye on much stuff. Check this out.
You actually think your little trash Lakers are going to do something? Hey, first of all, PSA, PSA. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a Laker fan, y'all. I'm, I'm a LeBron fan, you know what I'm saying? No, so no, hell no. All that, I'm not a Laker fan, I'm a LeBron fan. Pick a team. Well, my team is the Cavs, I'm Cavaliers, you know what I'm saying? Well, if you're a Cavaliers fan, stop talking about the Lakers. No, I'm, yo, uh, I'm, on, I'm only talking about the Lakers because, you know, LeBron's on it. No, no, no. LeBron don't play for the Cavaliers anymore. You can't claim them. I, I'm, a, I'm a Houston Rockets fan. I don't cheer for nobody when they get traded. No, but... I became a Cavs fan because of LeBron. So basically, I'm just. Where are you from? California. I'm from California. Okay. You from California? You got Sacramento, Golden State, the Lakers, Clippers. Pick a team. Well, okay. Look. So basically, my whole family's Laker fans, and or my sister's somewhat a Golden State fan. But I just love LeBron. I just became a a Cavalier fan. But I, I still support the Lakers because, you know, they're L.A., so I got to support I got to support Y'all Lakers ain't going to do jack. We got, or they got LeBron, Kuzma, Rondo, A.D., Cousins, and who else? Uh, 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 Quinn Cook. Who else did we just get? Yeah, but y'all thought y'all were going to make the playoffs last year. What happened? That's because all, we have, all they have is LeBron. That's all they, all they have is LeBron. Did y'all have Rondo last year? Yeah. Did y'all have Kuzma last year? Yeah, but... So what the hell happened? He was a rookie. He was a rookie. He's experienced now. We got good... Uh, we got a good team. You know, we, we easily championship contenders. Y'all are not no championship contenders. Yes, 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 they are. The two best teams in the West are still the Warriors and the Rockets. No, the Clippers and the Lakers. Y'all ain't won nothing yet. Have you? Did you see what happened yesterday with the Clippers? Let me explain something to you. Signing somebody don't mean you've won anything. Well, if they didn't have them, they wouldn't be in the position they are. So it is kind of... No, they so bad, they had to sign them. Well, yeah, but now that they sign them, they're going to they gonna be a championship team. Y'all... I'm telling you right now. Y'all see what happens when you try to debate me. He ain't got no much ammunition left. Dude, I'm trying to tell y'all, bro. That, and, and look, look, I'm trying to help you out here. If the, How you gonna help me out? If the Clippers or the Lakers are in the, in the Western Conference Finals, every game's gonna be in L.A. You ain't gotta go nowhere. You can just stay right here. Put the money on it. The Lakers and the Clippers will not be in the Western Conference Finals. I'm money on it, y'all. I'm for real. I'm for real. I'm telling you, one of the, one of the two teams. Don't lose your blackest chicks putting money on it. Nah, bro, I'm good. I'm good. Just watch, y'all. Just watch. Uh, whatever. Pick a team where you from. Stop talking about I support a player. Nah, I, I support I support a player and I support my team. My team is the Cavs for life, baby. You already know how we rock. I'm done. Where well, Marseille Martin? I'm done. Come on, good seeing you, baby. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This dude crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Eton. Am I the only one sick of these damn fans who don't know how to pick a team? I I'm sick of all this bullshit. Oh, oh, I like this player as opposed to. No, I'm sorry. If your ass from a city, you should be cheering for your damn city. That, that get on my damn nerves. All right, I got to say, honestly, though, I, I understand because they're more for not the brand. You know what I mean? But more for the players. Now, the NFL, a lot of Hell times... No. No, a lot of, <laughs> no, the, the NFL, no! The NFL pushes the team more. 
right? The NBA, the no. fans fall in love with the player. That's it's different. It's different. No bullshit. Hey, <laughs> let me be real clear. I am a native of Houston, Texas. Okay, Moses Malone was one of the greatest players to ever play for the Rockets. Hall of Famer, great guy. All right. When the Rockets traded him to the Philadelphia 76ers, I wasn't pulling for the damn 76ers. <laughs> I was pulling for the Rockets to beat Philly. I respected Moses Malone, but it's not like, oh my goodness, my, no, my allegiance is with my city and my team, not with the player. No, a lot of people, their allegiance with the players, <laughs> not with the team. I'm gonna tell you, that's, that's, that's a different generation, Erica, baby. Erica, that's that BS. These are people who don't want to pick a team. They want to be bandwagoners. Oh, no. Well, okay, so then what happened when LeBron retired? Oop, I got to find me a new player. A new oh, player. That's, that's foul. That's, that's what it is. Sure. Like Erica, your thoughts? My thoughts Erica? are Erica is a bandwagoner. I will oh, admit that on national oh, television. Get the hell out of here. I'm a military brat. My home is Albany, Georgia. Understanding that, you know, the Falcons are the team for the football team, um, and then the Hawks are the basketball team, and then you have the dream. But I am from Albany. Hold up, hold up. And a military brat. First of all, so I'm a bandwagoner. I I will own Joseph, and (laughs) I will put military, I'll put military people in a separate category only, only if y'all moved a lot. So, like, for instance, uh, Henry Peterson, Henry Peterson, his punk ass, my director, okay, all these years uh, spending here in D.C., he's like, he a Cowboys fan, he a bandwagon Wizards fan, he walk around with a Yankees cap, a Nationals cap, or Orioles cap. No, you from here, Joseph. I can't, all that, (laughs) Joseph, I can't stay. You from a city, cheer for your hometown team. I don't care that hometown team sucked for a long time. You cheer for your hometown team. Dude, L.A., man. Los Angeles, my hometown. Birthplace, L.A., Lakers, ride or die. That's how it goes. Okay, hold up. So so you from L.A.? I'm not in that camp. I was born in L.A. Hold up, hold up. Joseph. I was born in L.A. Joseph, you from L.A.? I was born in L.A. So, that means you cheer for the Lakers? Lakers. Kareem, Dodgers? Kareem, Lakers, Dodgers. I ain't, I ain't in hockey, so. Uh, but the Ram, I used to be a Rams fan, too, until they moved to St. Louis, and I was done. That, that's done. what I'm saying, but see, but see, but see, Eton, you know, where you if, from? If, no, 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 if, no, no, if, no. if the Lakers, the Lakers, right, we got a proud tradition, right? Kareem, Worthy, Michael Cooper. Showtime, I mean, how can you compete with that? You can't. And even before Showtime, you e- know, e- Jerry e- West, nothing, you know, this has been a premier franchise. Will Chamberlain, it's been, pre- been a premier okay. franchise for a long time. Got nothing and, else to say and, about and, that. And, 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 and the Clippers, the Clippers came from other cities. Even though Lakers came from Minneapolis, they've been in Los Angeles for a long time. That's right. Okay, but, Etan, where you from? Listen, Roland, listen. Answer my question, <laughs> Etan. Answer, I'm, 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 from, I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma, so we don't have a professional team. But what I'm saying is, okay, Kaepernick, on, on. no, no, wait, wait, wait. Hold, hold, up, wait, hold up, wait, I, wait, wait. Go ahead, go ahead. You from Tulsa, Oklahoma? Tulsa, Oklahoma. What's in your region? Nah, ain't no region. We don't just connect to a region. Come on. That's not how it works. That's if Kaepernick funny. gets signed to any team, I'm rooting for that team that Kaepernick's on. Ah! Okay. My now, God. here's the deal. No, no. No, no. No, yeah. no. Let me be real clear. Yeah. If Kaepernick gets signed by any team... <laughs> you rooting for that team? I am going to root 
No, no. He's going to root I'm for the Houston Texans. It. Okay. He's <laughs> for that team. But that's what my man said about rooting for LeBron. That's what my man said about rooting for LeBron. That's the same thing he said. Well, no. No, 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 no. He ain't cheering for his team. He actually cheering for the Lakers. He ain't fooling me. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling all y'all out here, all you fake fans out there, I'm tired of y'all living fake in one fan. city. It, here are the rules. This is, this is one of Roland's rules. Hashtag Roland's rules. If your ass is from a city and you got a professional sports team, you are obligated to cheer what? for your team. By I don't birth care right. if they By suck. Birth. That is not true. I wholeheartedly no, disagree. Let me be clear. Wholeheartedly. My Astros, no my Astros lost 100 games three consecutive years. You didn't see me going, yeah, go Boston. Yeah, go Yankees. No. Stuck it out. They came back, turned it around, won the World Series, and that's what happens is ride or, ride die. or die. All of you soft bandwagon, oh. weaklings, impotent oh, folks out ouch. here who want to just hop from team to team, uh-uh, uh-uh, we ain't doing all that. Hopping is permitted. I mean, listen, if it's going to do the organization no. any good, hopping is permitted. Erica, I'm here for Erica, all the bandwagoners. All right. That's it. <laughs> I have spoken. All right, y'all. Y'all have, uh, have a great day. Uh, I'm going to be broadcasting tomorrow from Cincinnati where Ford Cares uh, is having their uh, Men of Courage event. I'm looking forward to that. And so we'll be visiting a bunch of different barbershops uh, in uh, Cincinnati tomorrow. I want to thank uh, Joseph, Erica, and Eton. Even though you damn bandwagon, there's only one of you is legit, which is Joseph. One of you is legit. Just Joseph, uh, <laughs> cheer for the hometown team. And so, y'all have a great day. I want to thank my other guests as well. Don't forget to support the American Heart Association even on October 17th. We'll have more on that later on Roller Martin Unfiltered. All right, y'all, I got to go. Holla! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.